right, what's going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, and this is, for one night only, your October 10th, 2023 NXT review. I don't know, just thought I'd randomly, randomly review an episode of NXT for no particular... Oh, wow. Of course, it's for a particular reason, because tonight's the night that AEW tried to fuck with us, and people got upset that WWE slash NXT actually fought back. But, that aside, this was... This was, uh, what did I say in the preview? This was uh, WWE slapping their dick on the table. And they did. And good for them. Now, if you want to say that this didn't get much done as far as the regular week-to-week, -week, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, there was some build. There was some build towards Halloween Havoc, which I'm looking forward to. Um, but this was a NXT Super Show. This was an NXT Spectacular. This is NXT's equivalent of a Winter is Coming, or a Fighter Fest, or a Fight for the Fallen, or a Grand Slam. This is an elevated weekly episode of the wrestling television. It's Tuesday. Why wouldn't there be NXT? Why wouldn't NXT want to put on a good show? But... We knew all the bullets, well, we knew most of the bullets that were in the gun for tonight. We knew that we were going to see Cody, we knew we were going to see Cena and Heyman and Asuka. Pretty sure you were going to see Becky. We actually didn't see Becky, but we, we talked about Becky. Um, we knew we were going to get something from the Judgment Day and such and so forth. But, I'm just going to hit on the key points. Not going to lie to you, what we're talking about tonight ain't going to be about the matches. I'll tell you that for free. But we started off with Cody Rhodes, and much like John Cena, much like Paul Heyman, much like some of the other people I'm going to mention, very, very, very weird to see Cody Rhodes in that setting. John Cena for a very different reason. John Cena in an NXT setting looks like he's about to host a game show, but uh, we'll get to that when we get to it. Cody Rhodes comes out, he talks about what it means to be here, and all that kind of stuff. All the stuff that I said on the preview, but he came out to make his announcement. And then he corrected himself. He said, announcements, plural. So he acknowledged the ladies that are currently uh, battling it out in the breakout tournament for the women. He said, uh, yeah, so you know what? We're going to do the, one of those for the men as well, which is cool, which I like because everything else that has a tournament attached to it is for, for somebody else. Uh, we did a tournament for the Brits, we did a tournament for the tag teams, we did a tournament for the women, we did a tournament for the cruiserweights, we did... But we don't just say, hey, guys, you have a tournament. Why the hell not? So we're going to have a men's breakout tournament after the women's breakout tournament is over. But when he started noticing the chance for Dusty, he said, I know you guys are looking for a certain tag team tournament, and that tournament is coming back as well. The third announcement, I mean, I, I, I gloss over that, but it was kind of what everybody assumed he was coming out to announce. So, Dusty Classic is back. Obviously, you've got Cody Rhodes back in the company. Why wouldn't he be the one to announce that the Dusty Classic is coming back? But he also says, I'm happy to be in NXT. I'm happy to be granted by Shawn Michaels a temporary position of assistant general manager. At which point he's interrupted by Ilya Dragunov. Ilya Dragunov is proud to welcome Cody Rhodes to NXT. I wanted to meet somebody that, just like me, wants to put passion in, wants to do things the hard way, and all that kind of thing, and what it means to be champion, and what it means to chase what you're looking for, and all those types of things. And <laughs> they're cut off by Cody Rhodes and Rhea Ripley, where it sort of becomes a little bit of Monday Night Raw transplanted onto Tuesdays with Ilya Dragunov standing in the background. But that's fine. Cody and Rhea talk trash to Ilya and... Sorry... 
I wrote Cody and Rhea. That doesn't make any sense at all. Dominic and Rhea come out and talk trash to Cody and Ilya. There's some back and forth. Dominic Mysterio says he's the one that's carrying NXT on his back, which is hilarious. Challenges Ilya Dragunov to a match for the NXT Championship. And Cody Rhodes even taunts him and says, uh, you know, why don't you put your title on the line? But Ilya, Ilya and him kind of whisper between each other, sort of mocking how Dominic and, and Rhea whisper within each other. And Cody Rhodes, doing his best Adam Pearce impression, makes it official for tonight. We're going to see Dominic Mysterio versus Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. Wow, if that's not a predictable match. Um, we rolled quickly along because it was the first half hour uh, uninterrupted, which was copied by another show. And then that show decided to put on a pre-show and an overrun and really, really overcompensate like a little kid playing with daddy's money. It had way too much crack today. Moving on. Roxanne Perez versus Asuka was awesome. Uh, I'm not going to lie. My biases are what they are. I was a little distracted when, before the match even started, we heard the Shotzi music. We saw the, the original NXT little Shotzi tank, which is awesome. And Shotzi joined on commentary, making the announcement that not only is she going to come back to once again host Halloween Havoc, but she's bringing her friend Scarlet with her. If you've seen any Halloween slash horror movie content that Shotzi does online. This is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Scarlet adding to that will 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 only add to that. I'm I'm immensely biased. I love Shotzi. I love NXT. I love spooky Halloween shit. Uh, and I love silly wrestling. So it is what it is. I wonder if I wonder if they're going to do the spin the wheel make the deal thing again. I really hope they do. But so Shotzi was on commentary. Shotzi was a little. Uh, erratic on commentary. I don't think it's her strong suit, and that kind of was awesome. I mean, Roxanne Perez and Asuka was just two great wrestlers having a great wrestling match. It was really hard-hitting, a lot of striking. The fans welcome Asuka with open arms, which kind of meant that they were booing Roxanne Perez by default, but I do believe it was only by default. Asuka eventually settles into working over the head and the arm, setting her up for the Asuka lock. She actually does eventually get the Asuka lock in, and Roxanne Perez manages to break the Asuka lock. Um, but as soon as she breaks the Asuka lock, Asuka kind of loses it a bit and just wails on her with a bunch of strikes and wins the match. Um, now, later on in the show, uh, Asuka would be backstage greeted by several people. Um, she was thanked by Kiana James. She was greeted by lots of people, Fallon Henley, etc. Tiffany Stratton goes way extra in her introduction of herself as, you know, we're both we're both former great uh, NXT Women's Champions, etc. Oscar rolls her eyes and walks away. And then uh, Fallon Henley gets in Tiffany Stratton's face and says, you know, you, you know, your daddy never taught you manners. And she says, well, yeah, my daddy taught me manners, but she taught me, he taught me also how to treat people like you. So very, very clearly, we're going to get Tiffany Stratton versus Fallon Henley, which doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Fallon Henley's another one I'd like to see take a big run up on uh, Becky Lynch, because that could be a lot of fun as well. But before we get to that, we got to talk about the fact that um, Roxanne Perez was attacked after the match by Keanu James, but Keanu James didn't get much done because up from commentary hops Shotzi Blackheart, who takes her out with that weird 
cross-legged DDT thing that she does. Fallon Henley uh, promises in the backup, uh, sorry, in the backstage segment that she's going to deal with Shotzi on her own time. So is the next person to come down back down to NXT for a little bit, Shotzi? Because that that wouldn't hurt my feet. Shotzi having an NXT Women's Title run would be fine. I mean, I know they're both technically main main roster superstars, so don't shoot me for saying this, but. On an elevated episode, or how, or the Halloween episode, or even maybe on Deadline, Becky Lynch versus Shotzi Blackheart for the NXT Championship would be a lot of fun. I'm just putting it out there just for fun. Um, speaking of just for fun, we had the Pub Rules six-man match. Actually, it was Gallus versus Bate, Butch, and uh, Rich Holland. Um, they came out to the Brawling Brutes thing. Why don't they acknowledge that Butch, when he was Pete Dunne, was... British Strong Style with uh, with uh, Tyler Bate. I don't know. I don't have anything written down for this match. It was every pub-style brawl that you've ever seen WWE do. Um, one of the babyfaces grabs the beer mug from Booker T on commentary, shatters Joe uh, Coffee in the head, and then they kind of do a modified shield powerbomb through the table for the win. It was a lot of fun. It's just... It's what you expect from a match like this. It was a plunder brawl with a pub theme. Uh, at one point, Joe Coffey pretended that he had a dart stuck through his hand because bar stuff. Um, then we get a video package setting up Halloween Havoc Night 1 where we are going to see Lyra Valkyria versus Becky Lynch. We saw some uh, footage of them tra training back in Ireland from 2018, which is really cool. Uh, from the look of it, it's Becky Lynch going back to Ireland and sort of giving a... Uh, like a tutorial or a session or whatever to the gym that she used to train in. That's what I gathered, anyways. Uh, Lyra Valkyria is in the back getting interviewed about what it means to her to go and and uh, have the match with Becky at Halloween Havoc, but that's just a setup for Tegan Knox to randomly walk on. So, so far, for unannounced people, I guess you could say Judgment Day, but you have to assume Judgment Day because Dominic has a title. Uh, Shotzi came in unadvertised, and now Tegan Knox has come in unadvertised and says, you know, basically, uh, congratulations on becoming the new number one contender. The triple threat match last week was really awesome, which it was. Um, and she turns around and she says, hey, I saw your match with Becky. You ran it really close. That really could have gone either way. Mutual respect until Tegan kind of says, yeah, I'm going to need another shot at Becky, so you're going to need to push your title shot off. And Lyra says, no, that's not going to happen. Um, it's sort of hits an awkward pause at that point, but later on in the evening it is announced that next week we are going to see Tegan versus Lyra Valkyria. Now, nothing to say whether that's a, you know, Lyra putting her title shot on the line, uh, nothing to say that, you know, hey, if Tegan wins it becomes a triple threat match or whatever, but I will say, if we're setting up an obvious thing where it's just going to be Becky Lynch versus Lyra Valkyria at Halloween Havoc and that match is broken up by Tegan Knox because Tegan Knox wants another shot and we play that story out to Deadline, that is a triple threat match that I would love to have a look at. If you look at who Becky Lynch is, if you look at who Tegan Knox is when Tegan Knox is platformed a little bit better, and if you look at what Lyra Valkyria has done so far, specifically her match with uh, Rhea Ripley, the three of them could put on a hell of a match. And with it being a triple threat match, I mean, it opens the door to no DQ shenanigans and all that, but I'm thinking forward. I should say, give it two weeks. I will be predicting both weeks of Halloween Havoc because I, I can already tell that they're going to be a lot of fun. 
John Cena comes out for a promo. He comes out and he does the typical John Cena thing. Thanks the crowd. Thanks the crowd for welcoming him so, so much. Um, they were singing the lyrics to his entrance music. He talks about how he's never seen, uh, seen or heard that before. He puts over NXT as a whole, as everybody else is doing tonight. He puts over Carmelo Hayes. Thanks Carmelo for inviting him to the show tonight. He's interrupted by Breaker. And they do a very, very, hey, I'm the veteran babyface. Hey, I'm the rookie heel promo, like, hey, let me put a hand on your shoulder and bestow some wisdom on you type of thing. Um, the crowd starts singing Braun Breaker Sucks to the tune of the old John Cena Sucks. Um, and <laughs> Cena just stops for a minute to say, not only does that sound a lot better when it's directed at somebody else, but listen, kid, this is a teachable moment. And it, I had the Peter Griffin uh, mark out moment of, ah, he said the thing, which is Fine, I can't wait to tune into What Culture tomorrow and hear Adam Wilborn's reaction. Yes, I put over What Culture because they're awesome and they entertain me, so why wouldn't I put them over? Um, Cena offers him a handshake, gets a cheap shot for his trouble. Breaker misses a spear. Cena fails an, an AA attempt. I don't think they'll ever do this because they have to use John Cena while they have him before all the strikes are over and he has to go back to Hollywood. He said as much in the press conference. But if you can throw John Cena versus Braun Breaker on that deadline pay-per-view at the end of the year, that would get a pop. It would be a lot of fun, and John Cena could come out there and just be stupid, and it would be a lot of fun. Um, Cody Rose is walking around in the back, and the family, Tony D and Stax, come to him with an idea. Well, we have, we have a problem, and we have an idea of how to solve the problem. The problem is there's way too many tag teams out here. The solution is, why don't we throw all these teams in a ring together, and when there's two teams left, they can have a match. And they, they go about it really convoluted to explain what they want from Cody Rhodes, temporary one-day you know, assistant general manager of NXT. But basically, what he agrees to and what he makes official, again, doing his best Adam Pearce impression, is the bada-bing, bada-boom battle royal, which is a 10-team battle royal where the last two teams end in a standard match that has to end by pinfall or submission, and the winner of that gets to be the number one contender for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Now, they didn't specify whether this is going to be on night one or night two. I'm sure they will next week. But that's that's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of tag teams. And the Bada Bang Bada Boom Battle Royal will be a great advertisement for whenever they give us the brackets for the Dusty Classic. What I'm wondering is every Dusty Classic has had one, like a bunch of actual teams, and one makeshift team. Like the Broserweights were, were an example. Uh, I think Finn Balor and Samoa Joe were an example. Um, I think Ricochet and Aleister Black were an example. Uh, Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong, but that went very, very differently. Um, yeah, so have a battle royal that illustrates how many how many great teams you've got in the in the uh, division on the show, rather, and then use that to springboard to the Dusty Classic. Maybe in the new year, maybe starting in January. I don't know. Have it starting in January, and then have the winners of the Dusty Cup get the title shot at Stand and Deliver. That's what I would do, but they weren't that specific. Uh, Baron Corbin is in the back accusing Ilya Dragunov of ducking him. He's just as much of a, a chicken as Mello. And as he's going on... Oh, I should say, in the opening segment, because I forgot, Cody makes the match between Ilya Dragunov and Dominic Mysterio, and he says, Ah, but that kind of match needs a special referee. They start chanting for Cody. And he says, no, 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 it's not going to be me. It's it's one of the other big rising stars in WWE. And he, he, 
for, for no re for reasons, your special referee is L.A. Knight. Hey, good stuff. So Baron Corbin is in the back cutting this promo talking about how Ilya's ducking him and he's just as bad as Carmelo was and everybody here is soft and everybody here doesn't want a piece of me, blah, 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 blah. But his tirade is cut off by L.A. Knight's music. We get Dominic Mysterio versus Ilya Dragunov with L.A. Knight as the referee. But before then, somebody on Twitter sent me the thing from NXT Anonymous. They eventually showed it later on in the show, but it's a closed-door conversation with a clear door, so that has a point. And it's Paul Heyman pointing at the Bloodline logo on his phone as he talks to Ava. She's got no surname. She's the Rock's daughter. Yeah. I don't think we need to bring her up just yet, because, yeah, she could use some work. That's coming from me. I've never taken a bump in my life, and I look like a pile of undone laundry. Just take my opinion for what it's worth. Anyways, once again, Dom versus Ilya isn't one I'm really going to talk about about the match. I'll talk about how LA Knight never took his glasses off to referee the match. That was funny. The crowd chanting for LA Knight while Ilya Dragunov tosses Dominic around the ring. Cheap shots by Rhea around the outside. Suplexes like crazy, crazy for Ilya, which it's kind of funny in a way because Dominic Mysterio isn't a built guy, but he's a thicker dude than Ilya. So he is tossing around somebody bigger than him. And he follows it up with strikes when he's done chucking him around the ring. Uh, he hits him with a toss power bomb, hits him with the H bomb. JD and Finn come down, and LA Knight takes them both down with the blunt force trauma. Uh, Trick Williams is out there being really, really inappropriate, to be honest, with Rhea Ripley. The distraction is enough for Ilya Dragunov to hit the Torpedo Moscow, and Ilya Dragunov gets the win. Corbin comes down the ramp to um, presumably get an Ilya Dragunov's face and demand a title shot, but he doesn't get to the ring fast enough because Ilya Dragunov gets jumped from behind by Dominic Dijakovic or Dijak or whatever they're calling him now. Then, in the back, much like on the fast lane kickoff, we have Jade Cargill. For reasons. And, if you follow your NXT lore, I don't know what uh, anybody's told Jade Cargill. I don't think anybody's looking out for her because she's in the most dangerous place in the history of wrestling, the NXT parking lot, meeting Shawn Michaels. So, over the past four days, she's been shaking hands with both members of DX as DX takes over WWE because, if you've been following the news today, apparently Endeavor, TKO, whatever the overarching umbrella is, has taken... 99.9% .9 of creative control away from Vince McMahon and handed it entirely to Triple H. And Triple H, in turn, hands the entire NXT control over to Shawn Michaels. So DX, there's a meme floating around there. It's been floating around for about a month. And it shows when DX was dressed up like Vince and Shane. And it says DX dressed up like the McMahons and then took their jobs. It's it's actually true, which is which is great. Jade Cargill showing up. Jade Cargill showing up in the parking lot got a pop in the building. So, kind of like Cody, um, I don't like her, but I can't deny her anymore. I just I'm sorry. Drunk Cody Rhodes at the press conference with with Jey Uso. I'm coming around on Cody Rhodes. Never thought I'd say that. Uh, he still needs to get rid of some of his more insufferable elements. But it is what it is. Cody, in the back, speaking of Cody Rhodes, talks to Corbin and Dijak and talks about who has the best case to be the next challenger for Ilya Dragunov. And he says, you've got a good case, you've got a good case, and the two guys in tonight's main event have a good 
case. So he says, we're going to do Corbin versus Dijak versus whoever wins the main event tonight, and whoever wins that triple threat match is going to get a shot at Ilya Dragunov at Halloween Havoc. I'm assuming that's going to be night two. If they're going to do Valkyria and Becky as sort of the main event of night one, I'm assuming that the men's title will main event night two. But that's, again, just my assumption. Danny Palmer and Lola Vice for the breakout tournament. I'm not going to lie. I got scrolling Twitter a little bit, and I watched people getting really assy on Twitter, and I didn't catch much of this match. Lola Vice wins. She progresses in the tournament, but as I said in previous podcasts, I'm pretty damn sure Kalani Jordan's winning the whole thing. So my investment in this is kind of tentative. Please forgive me. It is what it is. Heyman is shown in the back for the first time in the same room as Braun Breaker. He's hyping him up. He's like, you know, you're... What I see in you is the is the future. I've I've managed people like you before. I you know I don't just go by my history and the history of your family, but I look into the future and I see you're a future WrestleMania main eventer. He gets them all hyped up and da da da. da. He says I don't have care. I don't care if I have to go through Cena. I don't have to care if I go through Carmelo. I'm going to go through everybody. And he storms out to the ring and then Paul Heyman very knowingly does the whole you know voice activated phone thing. You know call Roman Reigns. I was saying if there was something that was going to happen here that would pop off the night it would be Roman Reigns standing in the ring with a victorious Braun Breaker and Paul Heyman and sort of Braun Breaker thinks he's got a new ally in Roman Reigns but really Roman Reigns comes out and shakes Paul Heyman's hand and looks at Braun Breaker and says okay I gave you Heyman for the night now you owe me one I thought they could play with that but the season premiere of SmackDown is coming up this coming Friday, and Roman Reigns is coming back then. I don't think they want to jump the gun on that just yet. Now, what they did before the main event was they showed another another uh, trailer for Brian Pillman Jr., except he's not Brian Pillman Jr. He went through what they were doing before, like all the football you know, clicking through the channels. Football, football, football. Second generation stars shows the Usos, shows... Roman shows Charlotte, shows Dominic Mysterio, which is a funny one to throw in there. Even shows Von Wagner, although I don't think as many people get that reference. And then he shows pictures, uh, videos of his dad, but the commentator's really putting over how crazy and unstable and whatever he is. And he says, yeah, that's my dad, but every, all I hear all the time is everybody saying how much they grew up watching my dad, loving my dad, and appreciating what he did, but... I can't agree with them because he left me when I was four. I never got to know him. There was somebody else that played a father figure in my life, Roddy Roddy Ra. Um, I'm not going to be anybody's junior. I'm going to take the name of the guy that actually raised me. My last name is King, which is fine because, again, if you go to the dirt sheets, and I, I hate doing that, like I hate mixing the dirt sheet stuff with what they actually tell us on TV, but it was announced, uh, I think a day or two ago, that his in-ring name for WWE is going to be Lexus King, um, his father figure's last name, and somebody's first name. I don't mind it as much, and I, th I think this is a, an opinion that's held by most people. I don't mind a name change if there's personal driven reason behind it, like if his thing is literally, I'm going to get out from under the shadow of being Brian Pillman's kid and try to be my own person, and I want to have this name, and it's got this. Uh, Curtis Axel was a great example of that. Larry the Axe Hen Henning and Kurt Henning became Curtis Axel. Um, and then he got teamed up with Ryback, and they were called Ryback'sel, which sounds like a medication, but that's another story for another day. Um... It's not one of those, 
I don't know, what did they, what did they call people, like, people came in with, with stupid names, like, uh, something, her name was something Valkyrie in, uh, in NXT UK, and then they changed it to Lyra Valkyria, and they just sort of, like, stretched it out, spread it out, and whatever, and you get used to it eventually, um, just, when they do it just because, it's, uh, Gigi Dolan was Priscilla Kelly, prime example, right? Now, did they do that just so that they had a name that they could trademark? Probably. This probably works the same way. Like, I don't think he'll be able to be Lexus King anywhere else after this, but at least he's got some reason and some personal stuff behind it, and that's cool. And the whole idea of getting out from under his uh, shadow is good, because you see how, you know, the sins of the father are sometimes visited on the son or daughter, in the case of somebody like a Charlotte Flair. So that's pretty cool. I didn't think they were going to hit it as much on the nose. I thought they were going to keep teasing it, but maybe, maybe he's debuting at Halloween Havoc, which is only two weeks away. So maybe they had to fast track it. Maybe they had a different plan to go longer and they pushed it up. I don't know, but it was pretty cool. And he's finally cutting a promo to the camera and somebody on Twitter, um, I was following the Twitter feeds throughout the night and I can't remember your name, so sorry, uh, but I was following a thread by by one guy who was being very pro-AEW. I mean, I'll put all my bullshit aside for a second, but I saw this thread that was very, very pro-AEW, and then he he clipped a bit of he or she, I don't know who it is, it's, it's, it's a Twitter egg account, but they clipped a little bit of the, of the uh, Lexus King promo, and the comment, under, under all the positive pro-AEW stuff was like, wow, WWE just did in 30 seconds more than AEW did for Brian Pillman Jr. in his entire run. And I'm like, I don't want to do the Bobby Fish thing, but where's the lie, folks? It was really cool. Really cool. Um, still a very overproduced WWE backstage pre-recorded promo uh, in the typical WWE polish, but it felt different enough and that's what I'll give them at this point. Anyways, Mello with Cena versus Breaker with Heyman in his corner. Um, Breaker gets a Paul Heyman entrance, which is kind of cool. Very, very high energy, high impact, power versus speed. It wasn't going to be a patch on their WrestleMania weekend match, obviously. Uh, Breaker tries to do the five moves of doom while he's giving John Cena dirty looks. Uh, Breaker tries to grab some steps. John Cena goes and stops him from getting the steps. Solo Sokoa, for reasons, comes from the back and uh, brawls with John Cena. There's another match I'd like to see one-on-one -on -one before Cena fucks off. Um, but Solo and John Cena sort of come to blows in the aisleway and they disappear up the rampway. And I guess Paul Heyman goes with them because Paul Heyman's gone as well. Carmelo uh, comes off the top for his off the top thing that I can't remember the name of, and he gets the win, but before he can celebrate, there's a post-match spear from Braun Breaker, and says, whether I win or lose, I'm the biggest badass here. Cut the lights. Hit the gong. But, here's the deal. Here's the fun. And, here, and I hope you can hear the smile on my face, because this is not me defending anything. This is just, like, enjoy it for what it is. We don't just get the dong. We don't just get Undertaker. We don't just get American Badass Undertaker, but we get American Badass Undertaker with the right music. We don't get that lame, generic, you've done it now, you've gone and made a big mistake, whatever the fuck that was. We get Undertaker on his motorcycle in NXT coming out to Kid Rock. 
everybody wins everybody wins he comes out and he and he you know again it's the you're the you're the you're the kid and i'm the grown man da 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 and um, he, he tells him, he says, like, look, you're a special athlete. I've been watching you for a long time. You are going to be one of the biggest badasses here one day. <sighs> Five, four, three, two, one. But that day ain't today. Cheap shot, choke slam. It is what it is. And he glooms over him and he says, no matter how much of a badass you are, there's always one older, bigger, badder ass than you. And today you met him. I thought he was going to do the rest in peace thing. That would have just killed it for me. But... It was awesome. The thing about it is, too, and, like, you gotta... This is one of those times where you gotta recognize they're just having a bit of fun. They are just having a bit of fun. Taker comes out. Booker T's not even doing commentary anymore. They show a brief shot of the commentary desk, and Booker T is just sitting there with a smile on his face. Carmelo Hayes has just had a match, just been beaten up post-match, but he's sitting in the ring like, you know, hunched down in the corner, almost in, like, the raven position, and he's and he's got the biggest smile on his face, because you can just do that sometimes. And this was a lot of fun. Was this the best episode of Weekly Wrestling TV you're ever going to see? No. Wasn't meant to be. I said in the preview that this is going to have very much the same feel of a, like, a Raw anniversary show. Just a lot of cameos. We'll put some matches in the middle because we have to because it's a wrestling show, but it's mostly going to be cameos. It's mostly going to be, imagine if this person was face-to-face with this person, you know, smash all your action figures together like Tony Khan. Um, but it was good. It was fun. It was exactly what it was meant to be, and I think they had a bit of an overrun, but that's okay because apparently overruns are just are just uh, the typical thing this day, and we, we're not allowed to criticize that anymore. Maybe they should have done a kickoff. I don't know. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that uh, that this is going to beat Dynamite. If it doesn't, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. And, and if you're listening to this right now, if you put a th- comment down in the comment section below, you're following me on X at Spaz Phoenix. If they won for viewership, I don't care about the demo bullshit. The demo bullshit just says, uh, we didn't get the numbers we wanted, so we're going to try and make some of those numbers not matter. The overall viewership, the number of eyeballs on the television show, if AEW Dynamite got more than this tonight, I'll genuinely tip my hat to them. But I don't think they're going to. What did I say? When they first announced these matches last week, I said, oh, how are you going to possibly fight back against Title Tuesday? You're going to have Cody Rhodes, Judgment Day, LA Knight, Asuka, Shotzi, more announcements for Halloween Havoc, you're going to have Becky, you're going to have Tegan Knox. you're going to have John Cena, you're going to have more announcements like the breakout tournament for the guys in the Dusty Classic. You're going to have Dominic with a, for NXT, a world championship match. You're going to have Heyman trying to recruit The Rock's daughter to the to the uh, bloodline. I was about to say the judgment. You're going to have a random appearance by Jade Cargill for reasons. You're going to have Paul Heyman in Braun Breaker's corner, and you're going to end your show with The Undertaker because we can. If somebody from the other side comes, oh my God, you you, you guys beat us over the head with a with a stick. Why would you do that? Because we can. And good. One more time. One more time, because then I'm going to get off this and we're going to get back to your regularly scheduled program. But one more time, I'm going to say it. Good. Fuck them. 
I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation, keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, I hope you guys had fun tonight. I'm tagging out. Bye.